This trip was brought to you by our good friends down the hall, Unchained Capital. If you're looking to buy Bitcoin right now in size, uh, the guys down the hall have the trading platform for you. You buy Bitcoin uh, and it goes straight to multi-sig cold storage. There's no leaving it on the exchange. There's no having to move it off. You set up a vault. You set up a trading account. You buy Bitcoin. It goes straight to that multi-sig cold storage. Peace of mind. Immediately. Send the money. You get the Bitcoin. You don't even have to think about it. Go to unchained.com slash trading. Set up a trading account with Unchained. Tell them the TFTC sent you. Just tell them they sent, that we sent you or RHR. One of the two. Just tell them we sent you. They'll say, hey, that's pretty cool. That's pretty sweet. That's pretty sweet. Unchained.com slash trading. This room was also brought to you by our good friends who made this thing, the Block Clock, CoinKite. CoinKite produces the best hardware in the space, uh, the most secure hardware. They have uh, their MK4, which has two secure elements, allows you to create private public key, private public key pairs offline, air-gapped. You can add entropy easily with dice rolls. Uh, it's got NFC compatibility. They just announced their Q1, which is a bigger hardware device with uh, QR scanning capabilities, NFC capabilities, battery. You can run it on a battery or a USB-C uh, cable. It's the best hardware. Two secure elements as well. You can add entropy, do the same things as MK4. You just get more buttons and uh, the ability to scan QR codes. You also have their SATS card and the tap signers, which are card form factors. Uh, SATS card allows you to load, tap uh, the card on your back of your phone, Click the link, takes you to an address where you can load it up and then hand it to somebody, bear an instrument for Bitcoin. Tap signer is a private key that you can add to a multi-sig or a single-sig quorum uh, compatible with apps like Nunchuck. It's a beautiful thing. Go to coinkite.com. Check out all their products. Get the block clock, get the MK4. Sign up for the pre-sale for Q1 if it's still going on. It's Sats card, the tap signer, Sats chip, all that good shit. Use the code RHR. Don't know if it works. Try it out. Take care. You've had a dynamic where money's become freer than free. If you talk about a Fed just gone nuts, all, all the central banks going nuts. So it's all acting like safe haven. I believe that in a world where central bankers are tripping over themselves to devalue their currency, Bitcoin wins. In the world of fiat currencies, Bitcoin is the victor. I mean, that's part of the bull case for Bitcoin. If you're not paying attention, you probably should be. Probably should be. Probably should be. What is up, freaks? Uh, don't know how to jump into this one. We're here on a Friday. A little late this week. Uh, my father passed away last week and so I had to rush home to Philadelphia. I'm currently at home putting together the funeral services. So that's why uh, I have not been writing Ben's this week, putting out podcasts or anything like that. But um, really happy that we're here recording today because this is a bit of a cathartic release. Um, call your parents, freaks. Tell them you love them. Uh, yeah, I think we titled this Time is Scarce. My dad was young. He was a part of the show. We had him on to do a weather report like a month and a half ago. Uh, he's 54. And uh, yeah, it's been a very tough week for me personally, but um, I'm happy that we're here to record. Uh, yeah, it's uh, really put life into perspective 
time is really scarce. It could happen in any moment. Like I did with my father. I uh, had a heart attack and passed away last Saturday. Um, my parents were at a wedding in Mexico. Uh, it's a pretty brutal fucking situation. I had to go fly down to Cancun, get my mom, get her home. And then I was thrust right into uh, the mourning process with our family and friends and um, all the funeral organization stuff, which is a whole other aspect of, of the death stuff when you're close to it that you don't really account for. There's a lot of planning that goes into it, but um, that's one thing. I'm proud of my father, and he was a really good man. I had a lot of people who loved him, and I think this week's been a testament to that. And I think it's something everybody should strive for is to have the impact that my dad did on his family, friends, community. Um, yeah, the outpouring of love that we've gotten from everybody, from friends and people I work with, and um, just people we haven't heard from in a while. It's been really really astonishing and um yeah so i think we get bogged down in all the things we talk about here week in and week out whether it be bitcoin privacy the encroaching state but at the end of the day family is most important and having a loving family and a strong family um it's really helping us get through this really tough time um yeah i guess that's all i have to say about that to shit week really came out of nowhere wasn't was not expecting it again my dad was really young so um it sucks it hurts but we will get through this unfortunately uh we will not have any weather reports moving forward unless he somehow contacts us from from the other world we love you we love you marty we love your dad we love your family and um we're gonna make him proud yeah, that's a, that's the one thing I think. Um, yeah, it gives me solace. I mean, I know he was very proud. He was my biggest fan. He was our biggest fan. He texted me, called me after every episode, critiquing it, saying what he liked. And he was a freak at the end of the day. So not only did I lose a father, but, but we lost a freak as well. Um, and uh, I know because he told me that he's really proud of what we're doing and he was a big fan of Matt O'Dell and Rabbit Hole Recap, TFTC, Citadel Dispatch. He talked about all of it and shared everything with his friends. So, um, yeah, it's going to be tough. But the, uh, the show must go on, as they say. I told Marty, I told Marty we could skip this week. Marty said, fuck that. I need it. Yeah. We're doing it. And we do, and we have to be able to continue to say that we do it every week. Um, so it's, it's part of the selling point of RHR. So we've been doing it week in and week out. Minus that one, one time over Christmas where, where we fucked up. But that was like, it's a, I mean, I'm going to defend us. I was like week eight or something. It's very early on. Yes. In in this in the streak. So the streak yeah. is uh is quite strong. And I agree. I think um I mean it's good to honor it's good to honor your father. Yeah. Yeah. Uh it sucks. 
there's no yeah it's the uh it's the weird part of this whole process is we made a very big impact on uh everybody you came in contact with we have a really strong community here in our hometown he ran the coffee shop as i've talked about many times and that's been uh it's been one of the odd things as it feels like myself my mom my brother and sister we've been consoling others who are shocked by uh his sudden passing as well um, yeah it's uh strong families freaks it's it's more important than bitcoin i think that's uh that's what I really reflected on this week. It's really the most bogged. important. Yeah. Bitcoin's just a means to that end. Yeah. And I think I, I think I can speak for all the freaks that anything we can do to support you and your family, we're here for you. Thank you. Thank you. I think the uh the best support we can do right now is just to get into things. I mean I have been a bit uh distracted this week, but have <laughs> been seeing the headlines. From afar, it is a pretty big week in Bitcoin, and it's been a uh, crazy week. Yeah, no banks have failed. But, not yet. Uh, not yet, but it seems like uh, the the attack on Bitcoin is is certainly picking up. Um, and with that, let's jump into Clark's dashboard. Current price of Bitcoin is twenty eight thousand three hundred ninety cuck bucks. One cuck bucks is going to get you three thousand five hundred twenty two sats. Currently sitting at a $548.9 billion market cap. We are at block height 783,339. We had that difficulty adjustment as we were recording last week with 7.6% upward adjustment. That's another thing we got to talk about, the screaming hash rate. Um, we're currently 885 blocks away from the next retarget, which is estimated to be 2.5% upward adjustment. Block's been coming in it. Nine minutes and 44 seconds on average. Currently 23,649 transactions in Clark's mempool. Ooh, Samurai unspent capacity is above 7,000. 7,029.70 BTC, almost a $200 million uh, unspent value in Whirlpool right now. Um, that's the state of the network. Where should we start? Restrict? Elizabeth Warren. Patriot Act 2.0. Yeah, I haven't read your discrete log on it yet. Why don't you uh, explain what you what you wrote in that? Unfortunately, this is what I was worried about when all the anger at TikTok was happening. Um, you know, TikTok is being used as this propaganda propaganda mission to basically restrict speech on the internet for all Americans. Uh, so this is the restrict act is being branded as the TikTok ban bill. Um, but really what it does is, is gives unilateral power over speech on the internet and restrictions on open source software. Um, and violations can carry up to a 20 years in prison and a million dollar fine. Um, so very substantial, uh, punishments uh, if they if they decide to ban a, a certain service or a uh, site website um, I believe you know it's complicated legalese bullshit it's tons of pages um, and I'm fortunately not a lawyer because I treasure my time on this planet um, but uh, 
I believe if you are just a user and you circumvent the restrictions, it's a $250,000 fine. But if you're like facilitating the circumvention of whatever quote unquote ban happens, then it's the million dollar fine plus 20 years in prison. Um, so it's substantial. And like most horrible things uh, proposed in this country, it has broad bipartisan support because they can only agree on restricting our rights. Uh, they pretty much never agree on anything else. Um, and I would just say, it seems like this is pretty likely to get through and get passed. Um, and there's going to be a bunch of Bitcoiners and a bunch of freedom activists that advocates that say, you know, call your politicians and, and maybe you want to do that. Maybe you should, maybe you shouldn't. I'm not going to be the one who says that, but really, um, they're all corrupt. They're bought and paid for. And the only real option is building out these tools and these censorship resistant networks uh, so we can opt out because uh, trying to, you know, trying to use this corrupt system to, to defend our rights is to me is a, is a lost cause. Agreed. Yeah. I think the, uh, like the one, number one, I think this gives all the power to the executive branch. So I don't think, I think it completely eliminates any checks and balances and all this. And then number two, like the really, I think important clause is the, or term is foreign adversary and like the loose definition of what can be defined as a foreign adversary. I mean, that's again, Patriot pretty much everything. Patriot Act 2.0. They're like, we, we won't collect data on American citizens, only foreign adversaries. And then it slowly morphed into, and then collecting all of our data at every moment of every day. And so we could easily be seen as foreign adversaries, as Bitcoiners, if we're advocating for uh, a monetary system that is not the US dollar system. I could easily see that being labeled a foreign adversary. I mean, all you have to do is say that a foreign adversary is using it, right? Um, yeah. The, the, the bill is intentionally extremely vague, which is an important strategy uh, that is used to uh, restrict our rights because they can selectively enforce it at will. Um, Javi does make a decent point, which is, I mean, it's clearly unconstitutional. Uh, the freaks have heard me say that the Constitution's a shit coin, but it's unconstitutional because it restricts our speech. Um, so it might get challenged in court uh, that, uh, you know, after it gets passed. And, and that is a positive sign. I mean, most countries don't have those kind of protections that that we have, at least. Uh, but I will say that uh, the Patriot Act was also unconstitutional, and that still exists. Yeah. It's weird. This is going on. There was a – look, I'm going to throw this in the rabbit hole recap. But there was a story this week, too, which is interesting. It sort of goes against this whole restrict bill thing. But apparently there's a bill on the floor that would repeal the 1991 Gulf War Authorization 20. Uh, O2 authorization of the Iraq war, which will claw back some of the, um, some of the executive powers that were given back then. Um, Cause what they use, like it was like a police act or something, right? It was like, if you don't yeah. plan on being at war for more than 90 days or something, then you don't need to actually ask Congress for yeah. a declaration of war. Yeah. So it seems like they're trying to, revoke that and give power back to Congress. But yeah, it seems like the restrict act 
maybe they're trying to throw people a bone with the Restrict Act going through. And it's disgusting that it's like bipartisan support. Um, really broad support. Um, I listed the. I mean, just, it's important to put them on blast. Uh, the senators that proposed it, there are a lot more senators support it than just proposed it, but it was Senator Warren, Senator Thune, Senator Baldwin, Senator Fisher, Senator Manchin, Senator Moran, Senator Bennett, Senator Sullivan, Senator Gillibrand, Senator Collins, Senator Heinrich, and Senator Romney. Uh, so across both parties, they, they had uh, just in the introduction of the bill alone, not even in the voting. I don't think the yeah. voting has happened yet. Yeah. And again, they're using TikTok as a scapegoat. I think that's the, the whole the whole reason behind this is the ban TikTok, but they're just throwing in all this overarching legislation with it. Like how how come they can't just simply have a clean cut and dry we're banning our TikTok in the United States? Like you have to shut your doors. Like why do we need a bill with all this fluff in it because it's not about banning TikTok. Otherwise, they could just do one paragraph that's just like we're banning TikTok, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's uh, and I think even the the pretenses for banning TikTok that they're using. I mean, they're saying TikTok's basically sowing dissent in the U.S. Um, and is essentially pumping Chinese propaganda into the minds of U.S. citizens via their algorithm. But the no agenda, Adam and John Dvorak did a good breakdown of it. And TikTok, we don't like it because of the privacy uh, implications and all the data they take. But the government's trying to say it's like a propaganda machine, which certainly can be used for. But uh, again, go listen to the no agenda from Sunday. They really don't care. Uh, what you're saying on the app. Like it has far left people, far right people, anti-war people, pro-war people. Um, and all TikTok cares is putting those messages in front of the people who want to see them and then selling them ads. They don't really care what propaganda is being spread. Look, um, I mean, we've the U.S. government is well aware of the power, uh, the control and the surveillance capabilities they get from these social media platforms. Um, there's a reason why there was only uproar when a social media platform finally started dominating the space that wasn't based in the United States, right? When Facebook was dominating, when Twitter was dominating, when Instagram was dominating, when Snapchat was dominating, silence. But as soon as there was one that came out of China, massive uproar, right? And, and, and that's what we're seeing. So it's a little bit of, uh, um, they know the power that 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 can be there, and uh, they want it all for themselves. Yeah. And so, what does this mean? <laughs> Are we going to get in jail for twenty years? Like it comes down like a VPN, like if you use a VPN to access something that they don't like. Um, I mean, again, I lost easy. my VPN in a boating accident. <laughs> no, but I mean, many people have said this is like a direct attack on Bitcoin too the way some of the language is, is wording, it seems specifically fine-tuned for Bitcoin. And so how quickly do we get labeled as foreign adversaries? I guess is the question. And then, yeah, I mean, I, this was always in the cards. It's unfortunate. Uh, it's the unfortunate reality, but we'll see how it 
we'll see how it plays out. Uh, I will say, you know, I'm grateful that we have Bitcoin and other freedom tech tools uh, already built out and being built out. Uh, because, you know, you, we need the tools before we need the tools to be ready before you absolutely need them. And uh, I think it just re-solidifies what, how important this mission is. I, I think I think people continue continuously lose the plot, especially in the quote-unquote crypto space. Um, when you see people like Selkis say, like, USDC is our last line, like, we need to defend it. Like, the whole reason these tools exist is because the system is corrupt and broken. If the system wasn't corrupt and broken and we could just ask our politicians and our regulators to protect our freedoms, then we wouldn't need any of this shit. The whole reason this stuff exists is because it's the only way for us to defend ourselves. And, and you know, rights are inherently not granted. If, if rights are granted, they're not rights. If you need permission to do something, you don't actually have a right. Rights are taken and they're defended. And uh, our country has a long history of that since our founding. And uh, that will continue to be the case. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, again, I think this is going to get thrown back to the States. I think hopefully States like Tennessee, Texas, Florida step up and say, Hey, we're, uh, we're not going to put up with this. I mean, you have, uh, what's his name? DeSantis coming out today and saying, Hey, we're not gonna, we're not going to help you extradite Trump to New York after they, they thrust that felony charge on him the other day. Um, hopefully you'll see the insidiousness of the, the restrict act. It's so funny too, how, how we're well in the name is the restrict act. They're very, uh, with this one, they're very overt. Like we're going to restrict your freedom. Um, yeah, they, they fucked up the naming on this one. They, they got a little lazy. <laughs> yeah, the Patriot really act lazy. was so well named. They're usually so good at naming these things. They're getting lazy. They're not sending their best anymore. I'm surprised yeah. it's not called the Defending Freedom Act. You know, like, <laughs> right? Straight out, oh, we're going to restrict uh, your right to uh, to live on the on the internet. It's uh, it's an acronym too. I, it, it's always so funny when these things are. I, I don't know what the acronym stands for, but I believe it's an acronym. Strict Act. It's the restricting the emergence of security threats that risk information <laughs> and communications technology <laughs> restrict. So they're restricting the emergence of security threats that wow. risk information and communications technology. Um, well, we'll see how it plays out freaks, but uh, if for some reason, I don't know, there's like a dozen freaks out there that aren't holding their own keys, learn how to do that. You know, like we got to Im improve your skills now. Um, the environment's going to get more adversarial and it's easier to improve your skills when it's not as adversarial. So get your, should, get your house in order. You should go to a, a website called we run and uh, just read through that. There you go. <laughs> uh, I'm going to put more guides up on there too. Um, right now there's the, the two main ones for self custody is I have a moon guide. Uh, we run BTC slash moon. We run BTC.com slash moon. And then I have a cold card guide. We run BTC.com slash cold card. There's a Phoenix guide. If you want to use lightning on your phone slash Phoenix, very easy naming convention. And uh, I'm going to put some more guides up there. Also, Marty, I was like reflecting back. I mean, you know, we've been doing this for fucking four and a half years. As soon as we get off air, 
like a million different things come to my mind. Um, and, um, I just wanted to say to the freaks, like, obviously as all this shit goes down, like, we're just going to keep broadcasting. Like, uh, we're going to do everything in our power to make sure that we still reach you regardless of, of restrictions. So, um, you can count on that. Yeah. If it comes to it, I'll figure out how to run a ham radio. I'll get the license. I have a Starlink. Uh, by the way, freaks, you can buy a Starlink uh, with a uh, Anon, uh, the Bitcoin company card, paid with Bitcoin. <clears throat> That's a good option. I do not have Starlink yet. Um, still living in a city with, with good fiber. Um, yeah, it is crazy that they're. They're really going for it. I mean, it's in its typical late stage, like symptoms here, like the, when they're losing their grasp on power, they double and triple down and try to take more and more because they're desperate. Um, and again, we, we mentioned it last week. Nobody was talking about it at the time, but now it seems like more and more people. Did you notice that? Yeah, I began to talk about it, which is like the Saudi Arabia, but China, Russia. Both around. Fox News and CNN talked about it this week. Has that? Yeah. What are you, What are your thoughts on that? Um, With like the headline is, de-dollarization, you know? Yeah, I think they're all listening to the show, reading the newsletters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know, I know, Tucker's producers uh, read the newsletter. You think Fareed Zarkaria was like, "Oh shit, Odell and Marty called us out. Like, we need to cover it." <laughs> Probably. Um, no, I mean, there was more moves made between. Uh, last week and this week in that regard i think uh who was it i mean china and saudi arabia i think inked a deal to definitely do yuan settled um oil settlement or oil trade excuse me and a bunch of people are out there like pointing to like the u.s dollar dominance and all these charts um like there's no de-dollarization going on well it's like hey that may be true right now but the yeah, uh, the cards are being put on the on the table, and it'll be interesting to see what those charts look like when these trades do begin settling. Um, I do think we'll have a material impact on uh, the dollar's dominance in the world. Um, like we said last week, though, like I think it's going to be short lived. I don't think these countries getting together. Um, it seems like. Iran and Saudi Arabia are officially going to join the BRICS countries in their, their economic alliance. Um, we need again, Kenya to join so they can actually spell BRICS correctly. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, like we said last week, like I, I don't think, I mean, if you think the dollar is a shit coin, the yuan is uh, significantly, uh, significantly worse shit coin. Like they're, and then on top of that, I don't think you know, these countries may be playing nice now, but uh, their ability to play nice in the long run is probably not um, not not as rosy as many people believe it to be. A hundred percent. I mean, so that's the. I mean, that's my thesis. I think that's our thesis. Uh, I think they they use the yuan for a little bit. I kind of still think that maybe they come out with some kind of you know, multinational commodity backed currency 
um, you know, backed by gold or other commodities. And then, but either way, and either whether they stick with the yuan for a little bit or they switch to some kind of commodity-backed currency, that trust is going to break down. Um, that trust will break down and then they'll be left with Bitcoin as the option, um, a money without trust. Uh, and and that's kind of the path I, I expect it to take. Um, but um, I think we've been calling for this for quite a long time, uh, the expectation here, uh, because they why would they count on the dollar? They can't count on the dollar. No. The U.S. government no. already played their hand on that <clears throat> multiple times. No, and then, like you have in Europe, ECB is really pushing the digital euro, and then we had an announcement out of Australia this week as well. The largest bank in Australia is going to stop <laughs> allowing their customers to take out cash. It seems like Australia is moving towards a digital um, system as well. Catan sent that to me. He's like, fucking A. And I was like, dude, mempool's <laughs> never going to clear again. <laughs> so it's happening. It's happening. It's happening rather quickly too. Um, which I think, again, highlights how bad things are behind the scenes. This is a symptom of, of late-stage empire shit. Uh, you have the U.S. clamping down with the Restrict Act, everything they've been doing in the financial system, the backstop, the banks. Um, and I think it's really interesting that this Restrict Act is coming out right now as they're losing control of the financial system. I think that signals that things are really fragile behind the scenes they recognize it and they need to institute something like this to control the message because that's really what the restrict act is about is trying to instill fear in people so they don't propagate messaging that is detrimental to the state's ability to 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 facilitate the financial system specifically well i mean it's what we were talking about well it's what we talk about a lot um just the ease of communication in an era of social media and digital connectivity, uh, just it 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 speeds up everything. Um, we saw it speed up bank runs. Um, so you know, there's the there's there's a lot of people watching that and and trying to restrict that kind of flow of information to give themselves more power to to prevent that dissemination of information. And I just don't think they can stop the signal. I mean, they're going to try and trample all over our rights, uh, but they're not going to be able to stop the signal. And, you know, we were talking about this being used against Bitcoin. Well, I am extremely grateful for all the builders over at Noster building, building out the Noster open source communication protocol. And it's hard to imagine this not being used against Noster developers and Noster open source projects because it's such a powerful tool. Uh, so I just say, like really grateful, just really grateful on kind of the synchronicity there of, of the timeline of, of Noster development. And cause it's in a really, it's, you know, obviously it's early days. It's, it's still, it's still a very new protocol, but um, it's already way more robust than I would have expected when we first started covering Noster a year ago. Yeah. No, it's, I mean, the ghost bridge that DJ built, like, it's crazy. And I think until he built that, like, I'd seen Abla um, and the other ghost-like client, but until 
DJ built that and I saw the power of just being able to publish and, and broadcast Noster immediately. And then Abla and similar clients like producing that, that, that type of view into the, the messages being sent. Like it's extremely robust. Um, and hopefully the Noster ecosystem learn from I don't want to call them mistakes, but lessons that were learned at Bitcoin Core, which are contributing, should likely do it using a NIM. Don't use a real name or a GitHub or a name that, uh, don't use a GitHub account that people know it's you, essentially. I will say, Noster has the benefit that, you know, it doesn't require like consensus of a global financial network. Um, so people are, it's it's easier to develop on the fringes. Um, and like if consensus breaks between some clients and some relays, you know, so be it. And, and you can repair, you can repair those, uh, you can repair that after the fact without, you know, significant financial damage. Yeah. Um, so, so there isn't, there's a significant advantage there. Also lots of NIMS. There's just a lots of NIMS in general. And NIMS seems stronger than, Percentage-wise, across Bitcoin and all these projects, um, I, or the early days was dominated by NIMS, lots of NIMS, and then we kind of went through this phase where um, a lot of people started using their legal identities, and I feel like we're kind of going back to that, which is great to see. And uh, one thing I've always noticed with the with the young kids, and I've said this before, is this uh, the the esports phenomenon it's just pretty fucking cool how, you know, like the top 10 in the world, like they almost never go by their legal names. They all have, they all have nibs. Uh, so like, I feel like the youth, like at the core um, are kind of realizing that they can choose their own digital identity if they want and they can run with it. And a lot of them are actively choosing that. Yeah. Yeah. It's good to see. And like, speaking of synchronicity of development happening in parallel to all this, Orwellian bullshit going on in the world. Um, something we should talk about since it's a Bitcoin podcast, like big update to the Lightning Network this week. Route blinding got merged into the Lightning spec, which is something people have been waiting for and is certainly timely considering everything going on with the Restrict Act, giving people the ability to receive sats of the Lightning Network in a much more private way. Yeah, I mean, so this is a big one. Um... To be clear, uh, it's not actually uh, implemented into any of Lightning implementations, but this is the the big step towards that. Um, it's 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 a formalized spec now. Uh, so all, you know, LND, LDK, Core Lightning uh, can now um, proceed with implementation across their across their projects. Yeah, but this is a big one. Yeah. If we're going to rely on Lightning, we need it to be more private, uh, specifically easier to use that in a private way. Yeah. So this is a big step. Um, hopefully, I was talking to Ben the Carmad um, a couple of weeks ago, asking about PTLCs specifically, like when people plan on starting to implement those. So PTLCs, point time lock contracts, is a different way to open up a channel on the Lightning Network and bring privacy and data efficiency benefits um, to Lightning users. Um, 
he he seems to think that at the end of this year, beginning of next year, P, PTLCs will begin getting in, implemented, or it's at least the the rough timeline right now. Um, so we need we need more of this stuff now now than ever, um, which is just increasing the privacy at the protocol level and particularly lightning if we expect that more people are going to be transacting on lightning moving forward yeah i mean cautiously optimistic on ptlc's we'll see what that timeline looks like uh, yeah i think it'll take a little bit longer and we have to all i'm still under the expectation that we have to close our existing channels to take advantage of them yeah. So hopefully I'm wrong and mempools do clear, so that's not too expensive. <laughs> Got a lot of well, channels. I believe uh, Lalu is working on something to make it easier. I kind of just wonder if that's I hopium. Yeah, <laughs> that would be great. Yeah. Um, that would be great. At... I mean, I, I you still can't. You still can't even switch, you know, lightning implementations without closing all your channels. So, yeah. which would be, I, in my opinion, even lower hanging fruit, right? Like, uh, it'd be nice to be able to easily choose which lightning implementation you use without destroying the reputation and liquidity you already have. Yeah. Um, still very yeah. early days for lightning. Still. I mean, I launched, uh, I had, you know, Dispatch is, is only audience funded, right? No ads or sponsors. Like, I would completely rely on that sat stream to, to fund Dispatch. And I released a podcast uh, the other day, and I woke up the next morning, and I found out that for like the 14 hours since the podcast got released, my node was down, you know? And he's like, I'm not an amateur. I'm not, I'm not pretending I'm a fucking wizard. But I've been managing lightning nodes for four years now. Um, so just little things. It's just, it's, I love lightning. That's why I manage five nodes. Uh, I rely on it. But it's just such a mental burden still um, to actually manage these nodes. Agreed. It makes uh, me really appreciate on-chain Bitcoin. On-chain Bitcoin's getting expensive though. Let's see, uh, where is the mempool right now? Let's see how many blocks we have. The mempool.space, 122 blocks. It was like 210 last week when we recorded, so uh, the mempool is clearing quite a bit week on week, but um, let's see the average. Yeah, fees. even with the big difficulty adjustment, which is impressive. Oh, yeah, let's talk about that. Where is all this hash rate coming from? Well, my favorite conspiracy was that it was the Russians trying to accumulate Bitcoin. Um, without moving the market uh, because hash price is very cheap. So it's an easy way of doing that and they have a lot of energy. Uh, but I forget who was talking about it on Twitter. Uh, Nobleship Bitcoin covered it and I think they linked to it. Um, but it seems like oh yeah, it was Sam Wooters from uh, River. Uh, using publicly available information, it seems like the majority of hash, 50% of the hash that joined since January um, has joined Foundry, which is the largest pool in the world, which also requires KYC. It's an invite-only pool. You can't like just sign up on the website. You basically have to like go meet them and have coffee and dox your whole setup to them um, by design. Because w for whatever it's worth, you know, and everyone has their own 
um, priorities, people that use Foundry like knowing all of the people that use Foundry as well, right? They don't want uh, NIMS or Anons using it. Um, so I find it really hard to believe that, you know, Russia would be <laughs> using a, a KYC American pool to mine. So I think we could probably throw that throw that theory out. And uh, it's probably, you know, large corporate types and maybe some, you know, maybe like BlackRock's doing it or some shit, private equity or something like that. Yeah, but we are, um, here, let me just throw this out. This is from, I think this is, yeah, this is Sam's analysis. Um, but it is crazy to look at the chart. Like looking at Clark's dashboard, last 2016 blocks, hash rates at 342.4 exahash a second, which is pretty significant. I mean, we were the big debate or the big bet last year was over under 300 exahash by December 31st, 2022. But uh, yeah, just looking at this chart, that's like crazy eight, chart. Straight, just straight up vertical line. Um, yeah, so is, I mean, he broke it down. 44 exahash went to Foundry since January. 29 exahash went to Antpool. 8 exahash went to F2 pool. 7 went to Binance pool. And 4 went to Brains, formerly Slush. Yeah. That's, uh, that's I mean, that dovetails into another conversation is the concentration of hash at these these pools, particularly Foundry. Um, I mean, I know the people of Foundry. I do believe them to be good people, but they are playing the, the regulatory compliance game, and it is a massive attack vector. I mean, in the No Bullshit Bitcoin post, you, the, the team highlighted the conversation that Sam and Alex Berg had. Um, and Alex said, I don't care if it's a million of them able to switch pool, pool a pool at a moment's notice. Once you're listed, someone can knock on your door to persuade you otherwise. So once you KYC with Foundry, you're on a list um, that can be handed over to the government and they can say, hey, I know you're fucking mining. Um, we're going to need you to, to point your hash rate here or censor these particular transactions. Yeah, I mean, uh, Jihan can go fuck himself, but it's pretty funny how quick the tides turn and like, I'm kind of grateful that they still have 21% of the hash. Yeah. Yeah, what is it right now? Yeah, mental mining. Foundry's at... Uh, Looks last like... one week, they've they've produced over 30% of the blocks. And then Ampool is the next behind them at about 21%. Yeah. And then F2 and then pool is, yeah, you know, also like that kind of, you know, Wang Chun and and Jihan kind of talk to each other a lot. Yeah. L loose alliance there, and they're at 15%. So you can kind of think the combination of them are at 36%, and then Foundry's at 31%, and then CZ's at 11%. Yeah. Now, Braj asks an interesting question. wonder if there's software that will brick an ASIC. And I actually did see something. In the last week, somebody tweeted out <clears throat> that there might be backdoor backdoors inserted at like the silicon level of chips. I'm looking for it on Twitter now. Um, well, I mean, uh, Bitmain got caught with their backdoor uh, back during the block size wars in 2017. 
Yeah, so this is a... But that's, you know, now we have Intel joining the game, so we'll have American backdoors and we'll have Chinese backdoors, and hopefully neither of them have a majority of the hash competing backdoors against each other. Yeah. Yeah. What do we do about the pool? Freddy pool is the only saving grace we have. And we and we have no open source like real we don't we don't have like uh really any open source firmware anymore for Bitcoin miners because brains moved away from open source. Um which is not great. It'd be nice to have some, you know. I know I know Block formerly Square is working on an open chip design and ideally open source firmware. Um so it'd be nice to see more of that. I do agree with you. I mean, obviously I'm very bullish on Fedipools. I think it's very pragmatic and it's something that we could actually implement within the next year and a half, two years. Um, and that's something we should actually bring up just to send the message out there because we've discussed this at 1031. Um, as some of you may know, we dedicate some of our management fees to giving out grants to people developing in the space. And we've identified Fedipools as an area we'd like to contribute to. So if you're out there thinking about working on a spec for these, reach out to us. Um, yeah. I mean, we always talk business on air. So, I mean, I I've been talking to two of the two of who I expect to be the lead maintainers of, of the Fetty pool project. So yeah, um, we're ready yeah. to support in any way possible. I yeah. think there's a strong, what's nice. We always talk about incentives. And there's a super strong incentive to implement Fedipools. Because uh, if you're a miner and you're basically, um, if you're a decent amount of the hash of one of these pools, um, you know, maybe you're 5% of a pool's hash or something like that, Fedipools give you way more power over your hash uh, because you could be one of the Federation members. So I think um, as we start to see, you know, this adversarial environment grow and become more adversarial uh it's in their business interest to 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 try and implement this and move forward with this and i you know this is not exclusive of stratum v2 i think it's a combination of stratum v2 and feta pool like you 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 run stratum v2 within a feta pool um but i think the feta pool incentive structure is a stronger incentive structure to implement um than specifically stratum v2 uh block construction uh, so, because you can have a more censorship resistant pool without expecting all the individual miners to actually run their own nodes uh, and construct blocks. Well, you could give the optionality too. Like, I think it's like additive, like, because you could yep. implement Shroud v 2 and maybe so that you have your different guardians who are constructing blocks, and maybe one right. guardian is the one that allows individual miners to construct their own blocks and they will, they promise to broadcast the, the constructed block of any individual miner. Well, the way I look at it, at least in, it's all preliminary conversations, but the way I look at it is like, so if you have uh, seven federated members of a FETI pool um, and, you know, maybe the, the quorum is five of seven or something like that. Right. Um, you can, you, you can think of it like a, it's a multi-sig pool. Um, those federation members, like those seven, maybe they're doing the block construction, right? So you have seven different entities creating blocks within a single pool. And then the smaller miners that don't make up as much hash as those seven, because you'd think those seven would probably be the largest hash 
contributors of the pool um, can then choose within their pool which of the seven they want to delegate block construction to. Um, so instead of all the small miners all running their own nodes and constructing blocks, you have like seven of the larger miners within a pool doing it, and then you kind of just pick and choose. So this whole this whole uh, threat model or or, or risk uh, mitigation model of of miners switching pools. If if a pool operator acts out of line, which is what we're currently under, right? This idea like if Foundry acts out of line, miners can switch to a different pool, right? You could actually imagine that within a a single pool, right? Where you know one of the one of the federated members is censoring transactions, so you switch to a different uh, guardian to choose your, but you don't actually have to switch to pools. Uh, you can just stay in that pool and just switch who's constructing your blocks. I think that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, and then on top of that, it's like added benefits in terms of creating like a shelling point to incentivize miners to join a federated pool over the traditional pool. Like one thing that miners have been waiting for is payouts over the Lightning Network, which federated pools will have essentially baked in since since they interact with the Lightning Network uh, natively. Uh, and you'd have an existing uh, – It'd be it's very easy for with, – with Fediments in general, the Lightning capability uh, to transfer in and out of a Fediment is actually provided by the free market. Anyone can be uh, that Lightning gateway, and they can compete on fees and reliability. So it's not like you have to trust your mining pool operator to also be processing your Lightning payments, right, which is key to, to making it more robust. Um, because in a situation where you do want to exit from a mining pool, uh, the concern is if you have if you have Bitcoin in custody with that mining pool, they're gonna they're gonna block the exits. I will say one positive thing about Foundry setup is Foundry by design, I believe, um, pushes their individual miners to to hold custody of their rewards. Um, I don't think they have a large custodial balance of miners uh, because they don't want that liability on them. Yeah. Yeah, props for props are due. Um, but yeah, and Foundry has yeah. been supporting Stratum V2 very heavily. And I know at least a few people within their organization are trying to support Fedipool. So uh, I think they realize that it's a risk to their business as well because they're such a big target for regulators. Yeah. Like I said, there's, Foundry is, um, it's a bit scary how much hash rate they've amassed, but there are really good Bitcoiners working at that company that, that get what's going on. I mean, meanwhile, uh, it is, Foundry is DCG's pool. And <laughs> I, I would be remiss to say that it's been 135 days and Barry, still, Barry Silbert still owes billions of dollars to people. Um, 135 days, Marty. People thought I was crazy when I first started my countdown. That's a lot of days. Yeah, I was happy to see you bring back that uh, that tweet reminder this morning. It felt right. <laughs> uh, what else do we got here? What else is going on in the world? Uh, what are your thoughts on the zero sync? Bringing, it's uh, cool. ZK proofs to help IBD. Um. I think we're going to have them speak on the open source stage at Bitcoin 2023. Um, uh, they they reached out. It seems like an interesting proposal. I don't quite fully grasp it, which is why I'd like to have you know more discussion around it. Um, 
but the general idea is is easier easier node syncing. Uh, so it, it reduces the reduces the lift um, to to start a node up. Um, and on that note, by the way, freaks, uh, they're we're still giving away open source contributor tickets for free to open source contributors of, I believe, I think we're at 46 projects that are listed on uh, the Bitcoin conference website. So if you go to b.tc slash conference slash open source, I know some of you have submitted over the last three weeks, those, uh, the next batch of tickets should get emailed to you today. Um, So if you don't receive a ticket today and you submitted over the last month or so, uh, definitely reach out to, uh, our team, but uh, if you haven't requested a ticket, consider getting a free ticket. Um, but yeah, zero sync seems interesting to me. What do you think about it? I mean, if it's legit, um, I saw Shinobi was tweeting. He seems to think it's legit. Um, yeah, Shinobi likes it, and Luke Dasher doesn't like it, which makes which piques my interest. Yeah, it's like a exactly. barometer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if it, I mean, I mean. It's run by shitcoiners. To be clear, it's run by shitcoiners. Uh, but it'd be nice if if shitcoiners actually contribute back to Bitcoin for for once. Yeah, but essentially implement zero knowledge proofs into the initial block download part of Bitcoin, which would theoretically make it easier and quicker to download Bitcoin Core. Um, how they implement zero knowledge proofs, I imagine, we create cryptographic like checkpoints that, that you can reference to, to quickly bootstrap the chain state, but whether or not it's actually doing what they're marketing on, it's above my pay grade to actually dissect that. And specifically the user is able to validate and verify it. Yeah. Allegedly it's yeah, it's way above my pay grade too. Um, but the promise, the promise is, uh, Definitely something that we'd like to see if 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 what they're saying is if what they're claiming it can do is true. Yeah. Um, and and to be clear, Luke's it seems Luke's main complaint is like it requires more trust than just doing a regular initial block download and running a node, which they they rightfully admit. Um, but the question is does this mean that more people will run nodes that wouldn't have otherwise? And I think that is probably the case. I think, you know, most people don't run nodes and don't use their own node. Um, That's objectively true. Uh, So if we can lower that barrier um, and this is a middle ground with some trade-offs, that'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. And then even if that's the case, what is, uh, what was James? James's uh, IBD. Because James O'Byrne was working on something that would. What the hell is it called? Wait a second. That one had like, what there was a snapshots involved or something. Assume UTXO. Um, yeah. Assume UTXO would have snapshots. That would so that one you don't validate, right? You don't validate before the snapshot. No, you get the snapshots get to chain tip you can receive and send but then it validates in the background and eventually you have a fully validated node i wonder if you could do something similar to that with zero sync and then separately we have utrexo which tries to accomplish similar goals um 
So, I mean, look, at the end of the day, it's good that we have many different options, right? We, we, it, the more options we have to make it easier to use and run a node and more accessible, the better. Um, and the re less reliant we are on any given option. And it'd be nice, all these different options have different trade-offs. Um, so, so users can choose and, and pick the right trade-off balance for themselves. Yeah, and there was a, there was a Utrexo update this week, wasn't there? Well, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Floresta v0.3.0 is a Utrexo powered Electrum server implementation. Yeah, that's what it was. User friendly and resource efficient implementation of Electrum server. Um, it requires significantly less disk IO and disk space than a, even a prune node with Electrum personal server. Um, the setup is intended for users who do not have the necessary resources for running a full node with Electrum personal server and only need a compact node. Yeah. So if you are, oh, and, and this actually combines you assume UTXO. If you're okay with the trade-offs of assume UTXO, you can have an assume UTXO full node running on your smartphone. That's pretty good. That's cool. Yeah. Speaking of smartphones, did you see, have we even talked about the, the demo that happened at BitDevs in Austin last month or earlier this month. Still I think March. you mentioned it. Yeah. Right after the BitDevs. Yeah. It was really cool. Um, Harold, uh, core contributor, basically demoed that you can run Bitcoin core on your phone. Um, which is pretty sweet. On an Android phone. I think it was an iPhone. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Um, we have Flick221 in the chat asking on thoughts on Uncle Jimming, essentially running uh, a custodial Lightning wallet uh, for friends and family with Lightning terminal custodial generated Lightning Node Connect plus Zeus. I feel like this is huge. I think that's a good middle ground. Um, and I think that goes the same with L&D Hub. Um, you know, Blue Wallet is fortunately discontinuing their default uh, custodial wallet, which I've been hoping for for a long time. Um, but you can you can run your own LND hub if you want for your friends and family. I think, um, I mean, we talked earlier today about the mental burden of running lightning nodes. Uh, a nice middle ground is, you know, you have one Uncle Jim who who handles managing the node for his friends and family, and they trust him. Uh, and and then they're able to have a very easy user experience because they don't have to deal with liquidity and uptime and everything that comes with running a Lightning node. Yeah, yeah, it's happening. Stuffs stuffs getting easier. Stuffs getting built. And like we said earlier, it's more important than ever to get the stuff out there because the state is getting desperate, um, and they're they're going to try and stop us from doing this. And that is a. Uh, that's been the big question on my mind this week is this week, I think it's been like the biggest, they will, then they fight you like headline week ever in Bitcoin. Um, the fight is here. Well, I mean, what about, <laughs> what about, I'm going to, what about you? What about uh, the week they took down Silk Road and arrested Ross? This is way bigger. I think. No, I agree. I think so too. It definitely feels like the stakes are higher right now. Yeah. I mean, they're, yeah, they're, they're just 
very, uh, that's what I'm looking for. Um, I mean, they're definitely higher. Bitcoin's market cap is over 500 billion. The, uh, the threat opposes to the government. And that's why I think it's become glaringly obvious to the US government specifically that Bitcoin is a threat. Um, we have Senator Warren getting her anti-crypto army together to come to come take us out. Uh, yeah, he had Greenpeace's attempt to create some artwork. Uh, it's a really they accidentally created some of the most badass artwork on Bitcoin yet. <laughs> that was one of the most incredible Streisand effects I've ever seen <laughs> in my life. I was just immediately co-opted. Everybody was like, oh, that's a pretty badass skull. I can't wait to buy it. Fuck Greenpeace. They're a terrorist organization. Yeah, they really are. And I want to be clear, Marty, because, you know, I don't, um, I don't know if Bitcoin necessarily threatens good government or good governance, if that's even a thing. Um, but it definitely threatens corrupt politicians. Yeah. Uh, but it's 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 ultimately a defensive tool. I don't want to. Um, I think that needs to be clear that it's 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 a tool for individuals to defend themselves and opt out. Um, it's not it's not attacking anybody. No. And that's I mean and that's going to be the big the big point of the narrative battle is really highlighting that it's like hey bitcoin isn't destroying the the u.s dollar system like it, it was created to provide people with an opt-out option because it's destroying itself really at the end of the day just from the mechanics of how it operates and yeah the lifeboats didn't sink the fucking titanic they just saved people <laughs> and that's i mean we have the uh, the elizabeth warren Elizabeth Warren is building an anti-crypto army. Like this is literally what she's campaigning on, which is an interesting strategy. And if people don't understand what, like you could read this, <laughs> an anti-telephone army. I mean, that's a joke, right? The anti, she's yeah. not actually running an yeah. anti-telephone. No, Who would know but, nowadays? Uh, but think about it. We live in a day and age where like, this is a campaign slogan that Elizabeth Warren is running with. And she actually like thinks it's a good thing to, like to be anti-innovation, anti-cryptography. Like you take the original definition of crypto, which is cryptography. It's like I'm, I'm running on a campaign that's going to destroy your ability to access technology that gives you more privacy assurances and better data security. Like it's literally what one of the most famous politicians in the U.S. is is running her campaign on. Yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> I think uh, it's a good barometer that you're doing something right if uh, Elizabeth Warren's against it. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll see it. We'll see how that works out for her. It's an interesting strategy, Colin. Yeah, I yeah. um, I wanted to just do a quick shout out because I've noticed him in the live chat for maybe the last five weeks in a row. Uh, our newest ride or die freak, uh, Peter Rizzo's brother, Philip Rizzo. Uh, we we appreciate you joining us every week. Yeah, it is actually bullish, Philip yeah. Rizzo. Uh, 
I was talking to Peter recently because uh, he just he just had a kid, and I was like, "Don't worry, and Pete's like I haven't talked to you recently." I was like, "Don't worry, we see Philip every week." <laughs> a little Rizzo, congrats to Pete and his wife. Yeah, yeah, it's um, yeah, the uh, it's. Uh, that's been one of the, um, not to jump into Mari's dad talk. That's been like, that's been the hardest thing this week is uh, our oldest. He's completely oblivious. He's only three. He's like running into the house. Like my dad's grandfather name was Bucky. He's like, where's Bucky? I think that's the thing that hurts the most. Like, God damn it. Yeah, that's you're, not gonna be able, you're not going to be able to, uh, to learn from a great man like I was, but Hug your kids. Hug your parents, please. Um, yeah, that's sorry. No, no. I mean, that's uh, we've been going through similar on our side because yeah. we lost. You yeah. know, my mother-in-law. We lost uh, yeah. last year, and that's a tough realization. You know that they they won't get to know their grandparents. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sorry for derailing us there. It just popped. No, you're mind, good. But, it's important. Uh, the uh, time is the only thing more scarce than Bitcoin, and family is the priority always. Yeah, uh, it's important to remember that, freaks. Yeah, yeah. What do we do? I mean, the dust is going to settle here. How do we prepare everybody for? Um, for We've been doing stuff? it, Marty. I know. I don't think, and nothing has changed. The thesis is happening. Uh, this is one of those things that, you know, I'd, I like to be wrong on this one. Uh, like, why couldn't 200K by conference day happen and we were just wrong about this one, you know? Yeah. But um, I think it was always going to be this way. There's no way, there's no way that uh, this house of cards goes down, like, quietly peacefully no it was never going to be easy freaks <laughs> that's that's for sure yeah but that's particularly with the restrict act in mind like that's something again i've said this throughout the years i do believe that particularly in america the the idea of peaceful civil disobedience needs to to make a comeback and if there's any hill for peaceful civil dis- disobedience to make a comeback on i think it is this restrict restrict that bill right now considering everything that's going on well i will say that one of the most alarming uh tendencies in our society to me has been a complete dependence and addiction to social media um and it's i it infuriates me uh, how many people are dependent on that crap. And, but on the positive note, people fucking love TikTok, you know? So right. if, if you, if you take TikTok away from the kids, they're going to fucking learn how to use VPNs. They're going to learn how to use Tor. They're going to learn how to use all these tools. Um, and there'll be, there'll be a massive Streisand effect um, on that. Like there'll be that, like if you, if in China, like Chinese, Chinese citizens or subjects, I guess subjects, 
Chinese individuals, like they know how to use internet freedom tools because their freedom is restricted on a daily basis. Um, so, you know, iron sharpens iron in that regard. Yeah. I mean, that's the other thing too, with this TikTok ban, like not only do people love it, but a lot of people are making a lot of money on it. <laughs> it's like, they're taking away a significant revenue stream for a lot of Americans, which people are obviously not going to be very happy about. During economic crisis. Yeah. 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 So I, I agree. I think it will um, incite a massive Streisand effect for people are just like, what the fuck? Maybe, that, maybe that's what, <laughs> funnily enough, uh, incites Gen Z to join us in our, in our disdain for the federal government. They're just like, they took TikTok from us. Like, this, is yeah, what they took, this is what they took from us. It's like, <laughs> uh, I guess you're directionally correct. <laughs> we'll, we'll take it. Yeah. The, um, yeah. It's happening freaks. Um, I think that's all I got for today. I'm like mentally shot right now. Um, what else? What should we end it on? Oh, we should read uh, shout outs. Yeah, let's Congrats. read the shout outs. Um, and then uh, we can wrap. Uh, there was a bunch of software updates, which is great to see. If you just go to no bullshit, no BS Bitcoin.com, they're all listed there. Um, uh, Bitstamp closed service in Canada, which sucks for Canadians. Um, shout out to Paxful for refunding their customers who lost Bitcoin on Celsius as well. Yeah, Gemini still hasn't done that. Um, there's a, a Bitcoin contributor. I'm going to get his name wrong, his name wrong. Um, uh, OX, 0XB10C had an interesting research about an entity that's trying to link uh, Bitcoin node IP addresses to Bitcoin transactions. He's calling it Linking Lion. Um, so that's something that the freaks should be aware of. Uh, Bitcoin's a little bit interesting where the trust model is much better if you're receiving when you're using your own node. But when you're broadcasting an on-chain transaction, you're almost better right now using someone else's node because your IP address could get linked to your transaction, which is an interesting nuance, which makes it difficult to talk about. Um, oh, that's one, Marty. It looks like, like shit's heating up in the Texas Senate about oh, yeah. uh, Bitcoin miners, specifically with the demand and response relationship where they get paid to turn off their miners uh, during high power consumption times, which could really disrupt the market. You see a lot of miners fleeing out of Texas for that. What are your yeah, thoughts? I think, I, think, uh, I think that's why Pierre, we saw clips of Pierre on the Texas Senate this week advocating on behalf of the mining industry, particularly the, the use case of demand response. Um, I don't have my finger on the pulse on how the legislator is, is thinking about voting on this particular bill, but I think it would be incredibly stupid to prohibit miners from, from providing a service because I think, I mean, this last winter proved that Riot particularly helped stabilize the grid and ensure that individuals were able to, to keep their lights on during, during the latest winter storms. It seems like- Yeah, we're really short-sighted. Yeah, it seems like these winter storms are becoming more common than they have in the past. I've only lived in Texas for a year and a half, but I mean, this last year there was ice 
I mean, the amount of tree trees that fell during this latest ice storm is pretty crazy. Um, and there's there's more people in Texas than ever before, so the power requirements are way higher. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing is um, the EU finally passed their oh yeah, um, this is big stringent KYC bill. Um, which any any Bitcoin payments over a thousand euros fall under, um, which could have really far-reaching effects on, at least you know the criminalization of uh, proper Bitcoin wallets that you hold your own Bitcoin keys for. Um, yeah, no, they typically call out what they define as unhosted wallets. Yeah, you see, I said proper Bitcoin wallets. Got to got to reset the narrative. Fuck unhosted wallets. Um, enforcement's a different question, but. You still hate to see it. Yeah, what is this called? The European Anti-Money Laundering Authority. Um, the AMLA. The AMLA. But there was something, there's like a particular acronym for, I can't find it. But yeah, I mean, we talked about this last year when they first proposed it. Um, yeah, it they've been like working on it for a bit. And it all has to do with travel world bullshit again the financial action task force puts out these guidelines and all these countries just so happen to adopt these guidelines word for word so it looks like europe's the first one to implement these anti-money laundering rules um so yeah they're expecting individuals sending more than a thousand euros worth of bitcoin between each other to collect and report data on each other to to their their governments or the european government european union which is completely asinine and just think about that they're, they're literally asking individuals to collect and secure counterparty data like what are what is the likelihood that an individual is able to properly secure that data it's extremely unlikely Again. yeah um, well worrying events across the pond and here at home and everywhere else and uh I guess let's read the boosts and then you said shout outs. There's no more shout outs, freaks. Uh, but read the boosts and then we'll wrap. Yeah. You get back to your fam. Important uh, important meme that Michael Tanguma incepted into the world, which is uh, there's a bull market for statism right now, freaks. It's, it's uh, I thought you were going to say Silvergate is fine. <laughs> that too. Silvergate did, I mean, compare like Silvergate, Silicon Valley Bank signature. Silvergate did not have the FDIC come in and shut them down. They decided <laughs> under their And they paid everyone they, back. I think they paid everyone back. They're still processing um, wires from what I understand. So That being said, Freaks, 100,000 sats to the first Freak who clips out Tanguma saying Silvergate is fine. <laughs> tags me on Twitter with it. But the, uh, and the it more, needs to be a cro- needs, I don't want the YouTube clip feature, like a proper video file. 100K, 100K sats. 100,000 sats. But... Good meme from Michael. We are in a, a raging bull market for statism. Always has been. Always has been. You think yeah. it's bad now? In the 1990s, it was fucking lit. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't know. It might be worse than the 90s right now. Uh, top four boost. Rabbit hole recap, $245 million Bitcoin in 84 days. At Nackass Immersion, our boy Mike, with a nice boobs boost, 80,085 sats. Marty, thanks for your help. Odell, my Citadel Dispatch chat continues to start conversations and seeds new Bitcoiners weekly. PSA, 
Denver Bic winners that need real local butt nuggets, a.k.a. chicken eggs. Hit me up. 25,000 sats per dozen. OBO. Uh, and then he has a Twitter link, HTTPS, semicolon, backslash, backslash, or forward slash, forward slash, twitter.com, forward slash, Mike A. Clear, forward slash, status, forward slash, 16387350996374. One two eight question mark s equals forty six. Also, you don't have to do anything after the question mark. That's just bullshit. That's tracking. Uh, Also, got thirty hens available. If you want to start your own flock, DM for details. You can just hit them up at Mike Clear, Mike A Clear on Twitter. (laughs) Marty still got it, freaks. He's still reading links. (laughs) At BTC Realist, fifty five thousand fifty five five. Wow. 55,555 sets. Found you guys a couple weeks back on this modern podcast app. I've been stacking for years the recent, in parentheses, apparent attack on Bitcoin off-ramps, off-ramp banks. Had my wife ask me about fiat off-ramps. In case this trend continues, I acted cool, made a vague reference to local Bitcoins and BTC ATMs. I focus on private stacking and would like to maintain that privacy if liquidity requirements warrant some selling. Would you mind breaking down some ways to off-ramp privately to fiat? Um, Ape Mithrandir responded to that shout-out, or excuse me, that boost with check out BISC. Hoddle Hoddle is another one. Uh, Peach. Uh, Peach. And RoboSats. Yeah. And circular economy freaks, like one thing we're trying to build out in Nashville and one thing Marty's trying to build out in Austin is more merchants accepting Bitcoin on the ground. Um you know, if, if you're able to buy most of your goods and services with Bitcoin, uh, that solves a lot of problems. And it's important that I think it's important that you don't force it on merchants. Merchants have to want Bitcoin for it to be sustainable. But also Bitcoiners need to actually go and use the merchants that are accepting it. Otherwise, in three months, you go there and you're like, I thought you accepted Bitcoin. They're like, what? You know, like, because if they have no volume, they're not going to be interested in it. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, use use it for VPN services. Use it online where you can. I bought shout out to a there's a Bitcoiner um, making. Let me find this real quick so I give him the proper shout out. Um, I think you pronounce it Alpa A U P A uh, at E. Oh yeah, the bar. Yeah, the bar. Um, Those bars look awesome. I would love to try one. I need to get my hands on it. I tried it. It's very good. Um, so if you want to check it out, go to at eat alpa AUPA on Twitter. Um, and they're I'm selling upset. they're selling uh eat eataupa.com. Um, they're selling these energy bars, but it's like carnivore. It's made with uh, beef, tallow, honey, butter and some berries and nuts and stuff. And supposedly they're going to start making them using uh, Bitcoin miner waste heat as well. Yeah. That's the plan. And they use BTC pay server on their, on their site. So if you're looking to, uh, I was actually looking and luckily we just told my son it's a chocolate bar. Um, Cause we've been looking for better snacks for him, healthier snacks and he loves them. He thinks that he's. Is it chocolate man. flavored or? No, but it looks. Got it him. Looks Everyone's like a, a scammer. Bar. Yeah. Um, and then so IVPN for IVPN.net for VPNs, they use BTC Pay Server too. Yeah. FYI, freaks. 
Yeah, but um, at BTC Realist, those are your off ramps. Circular economy is more important than ever. I will be buying another quarter quarter beef um, from KNC Cattle. I'll be able to pay in Bitcoin for that. Really developing those local relationships, I think, is the most high leverage thing you can do. Um, convincing a local farmer um, to accept Bitcoin and letting them know that you'll be a repeat customer and you'll be coming back and creating that that volume that Matt, that Matt mentioned earlier, giving them the certainty that there will be significant revenue flows to them. On this topic, by the way, Freaks, um, according to Balaji, we're going to hit a million dollar Bitcoin in 78 days. Uh, so if you're trying to stack more sats and you have an old truck in the Tennessee area, uh, I'm a buyer for sats with sats. So hit me up. <laughs> uh, I need a Eric, truck. I need a truck too. At Eric 99, 50,000 sats. Stay humble, stack sats. Then eight. Great advice. Uh, 8,888 8, sats. Million dollar Bitcoin in 84 days will lead to riots. All Bitcoiners without firearms. I think he meant to say would lose their corn. Um, I don't think it would be the million dollar Bitcoin that would uh, lead to riots. It would be the fact that Bitcoin reached a million dollars because the banking system's failing. It would be, again, framing's important here, Mithrander. It's not Bitcoin's fault that the banking uh, system is failing. This economic crisis will probably be blamed on Bitcoin and quote unquote crypto. Hence Elizabeth Warren's strategy. Um, and to be clear, freaks, if there's hyperinflation or when there's hyperinflation in the United States, who knows how long it's going to take. Uh, these things end up gradually then suddenly, as as Parker always says. Um, that means global economic collapse everywhere. Uh, so I think Bitcoin as a lifeboat will reduce... Um, will give people the ability to opt out and, and will reduce, you know, the darkness and the chaos that would ensue from something like that. But uh, it will be messy regardless. Like that is not something that just happens cleanly. No. So just make sure you just have solid foundation and you have your priorities in order and, you know, prepare for the worst and hope for the best. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. But then they fight you stages here. It's real. They're scared. They should be scared. Uh, we should be confident. We have the tools. We have the off ramps. We have the lifeboats. We have the mines. We have the, a, lot, a lot of incredibly smart people working on these problems. Um, but it is going to take a lot of courage, too. It's not going to be easy. They're going to label us as foreign adversaries. They're going to probably try to physically accost us at some point and throw us, throw us in jail cells. But um, this is bigger than us. I don't know about us individually, but I think they will. We'll certainly target some high-profile Bitcoin users, try to besmirch their names, um, and use them as an example to keep others away. But we have to win it on the narrative front. This is a lifeboat. This is freedom technology. Uh, we did not destroy the U.S. monetary system and the financial system and the banking system. It destroyed itself. We didn't start um, the fire. It's always been burning. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't start it. We're... Uh, we're just trying to figure out how to avoid it. And if the government wants to label us as foreign adversaries for, for that, so be it. Um, but yeah, I would begin building up the intestinal fortitude and courage to 
to speak out publicly about this stuff too, because I think that's what's going to take. You cannot be part of the silent majority if you have been, um, which I don't think many of you freaks are. I think if you're listening to this, um, particularly if you're in the chat right now, you are some of the mo more vocal people, but we are going to need more people to step up and speak their minds and fight to protect this because if not, um, it's a pretty shitty future. And we need, we need more courageous people to step out and, and say what they truly believe and what they truly know to be right and just in the world. If not us, then who? If not now, then when? Agreed. All right. Um, back to arranging a funeral. Not what I want to be doing, but very happy that uh, we got this hour and a half in. Very cathartic and somewhat of a therapy session for me. So thank you, Freak. Sorry if I uh, seem a bit scatterbrained here. I hope you can understand why. We love you, Marty. Um, the Freaks are here to support you and your fam. Always, hey. forever. Love all you guys. That's all we got this week. Uh, we'll be back next week. Peace and love. Peace. Peace.